0: Hello, Mixed Nut Cases. This is New Chess, and we've got an episode of Why We Like for You Today. That's right. This is um, continuing in that series that we've been doing here on Nutty Bites, where Tech and I dive into why we like a certain thing, a hobby, a topic. And uh, so obviously with me today, I have... King, King, passing you on the left. I mean, hi, I'm Tech. That's right. We've got Tech. And uh, we're going to be talking about why we like cycling. I, I said biking and, and Tech said, no, you mean cycling.
1: Yes. No, no, no leather jackets and Harley Davidsons and hassling shopkeeps for us. Oh, no, no.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, instead it is, uh, spandex shoes that you can't walk in. Oh, yes. And, uh, dinging bells. <laughs> ding, ding. Ding, ding. Which, um, I believe we were mocked slightly for, um, about how dainty the bell sounds. Uh, by uh, a friend of ours but that's how you get road legal you need a bell to be road legal well it, it just makes sense and it's a lot better than yelling
1: in traffic it just the, the, it's a very the, the bell is a very clear tone that can be heard over a long distance and
0: it works so they say every you know whenever they're trying to say that something is easy you don't forget it's just like riding a bicycle mm. like we all just remember how to ride a bicycle is that true
1: Yeah, I don't know why. I've never done the. I've never done the thing. uh, The the research, but um, biking is one of those. Is one of those skills that a lot of people learn when they're young. Some people learn when they're older, and some people never learn at all. But the it's a um, once you learn how to balance yourself, it doesn't take you very long to figure it out again. I mean, I I biked a lot when I was a kid. I think I was raised on two wheels from. Pretty much, I'm trying to think, was I five or six when I finally took the training wheels off and around the neighborhoods and with my friends and going everywhere and then getting into more serious mountain biking and longer descents as a teenager and, you know, going with my friends into the the backwoods on bikes as much as I could. And then when I growed up and I went away from home, I I just sort of didn't need my bike anymore and I, I just sort of forgot the hobby
0: biking biking uh, for many of us got replaced by our cars. Yeah, exactly. When you're a kid, biking is your freedom, it's your independence, it's your mobility. It allows you to get around and that was that was something very freeing for us as kids, mm-hmm. being able to just hop on your bike and go to anybody's house. And it was great. And then many of us stopped biking when we started driving. Um, I remember I remember when I was in university um and I was still living at my mom's house I would drive home from university and then take my bike to work because it was close enough to bike to mm-hmm. and I loved that because it, I really did love biking but after I moved out of my mom's house um and I moved into the city biking kind of stopped you know because no place that I was going to was longer than walking distance but shorter than biking because I was constantly driving places. And it took uh, quite a long time before I got back on a bike. Oh yeah. And it, while I remembered how to pedal, how to balance, everything else was different. Mm-hmm. It did not feel the same. Like I don't understand why did my butt not hurt when I was a kid riding a bike. Oh, because... Kids feel no pain, I guess. I don't. Well, know.
1: Th- that you know, your weight now as a fully grown adult versus yeah. your weight as a child, yeah, is is very different, and that that will definitely affect things. Um, the, Our cartilage is
0: set. Yeah,
1: you know, we actually have bones now, and they <laughs> hurt. But um I'd always liked biking. It's just I, I think as well for me is that I got mm. into running mm-hmm. uh, a lot more, and you know, I became a, I was a. a quote quote, competitive runner and i did a lot of races and i did a lot of a lot of running professionally as well and uh because it was part of my job not because i was like a sponsored runner but i i was running intermediate distance and i just you know most of my training was not on a bike and then my bike just sort of went away and i did a lot of running but now i am older i have a bad knee i have a worse ankle i have a horrible neck and, no, running, running um, was not nice to your knees. No, and um, running stopped being fun. Yeah, um, and it was quite a few years. It was that, eight, nine years ago now. A uh, friend of a my l- brother-in-law was getting rid of an old bike. He's like, he tried road cycling. Would you like it? And the thing is, is that growing up, you know, like biking went through trends, right? Yes, and so. We weren't, I wasn't around, and you weren't around either, you know, bicycling in the 1970s. So we missed the initial mountain bike craze of the 70s. But we were biking in the 80s. Yeah. So that means everybody remembers the banana seats. I had a banana seat. And then that led into everybody for some reason needed a BMX. Uh, my
0: brother had several.
1: Now, None of us were doing BMX. Like, none of us were actually entering races and doing jumps and things. But for some reason, with the, you needed the bike, you needed the, the little bike with the little frame with the handlebars kipped forward with like foam pads all over the place. And maybe even those extra bars on the front and rear hubs so that you could like stand by the wheels and do all the tricks. Um, everybody needed a BMX bike. And then after that, you know, mountain biking in the nineties got really, really big again. And that's all I did was mountain bike. Mm. But then I realized that I was buying these really expensive mountain bikes to travel on roads to and from my friends' houses. And mountain bikes are made for mountains. They're made for going off-road in muddy trails. And on a road itself, they're very inefficient and you get tired and you don't go very fast. So I always kind of liked the idea of a road bike. And then I got one from a friend for a song. And uh that first kick of the pedals... When you give it one kick of the pedal and you go halfway down the block and you realize you haven't pedaled again because you don't have to because they're just so much more efficient. I fell in love with road biking. Yeah. And I started building this bike and I started getting ready for longer and longer rides. And then you decided you wanted to get you wanted to try getting back into biking. But I don't know. And maybe we don't want to talk about this. Maybe we want to edit this out. But it's it's almost like you didn't want to take it seriously.
0: Uh, I'll, I'll get into my, uh, progression in yeah. a moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I had levels.
1: Yeah. Cause that's a lot more interesting of a story, I think, than,
0: than yours. Okay. So, mine 'cause than, than uh, mine.
1: Cause guess what? I fell into road cycling and then I really fell into yeah. road cycling, but that's so, it.
0: So, uh, you got, you got your roadie, uh, about 11 years ago. Yep. Um, and, uh, and it kind of, Brought things back. Now, me growing up, I had the banana seat. Uh, I actually, uh, would repair the tubes and repair the bike chains and, and did a lot of the bicycle repair growing up. Nice. Because in my family, there were a lot of kids and we had to, you couldn't go down to the bike shop, right? So we had to maintain. And, um, in order, I don't think this rule was set to everybody, but for me, in order for me to get the ultimate bike, which was the, this is the ultimate bike when I was growing up, is to get yourself a 10 speed. Oh, the 10 speed. Before I could get a 10 speed, I needed to know how to repair, derail, reassemble a 10 speed chain, because that's a lot harder. And that was like very complex, I remember, as a child.
1: Yeah, but I, re- I remember having friends. Like, we're going out for a bike ride, and the chain skips.
0: Yeah. And then they're like, oh, my bike
1: is broken! And they push it all the way back home, crying, daddy, yeah. my bike is broken! Meanwhile, you know, here I am with my friends, flipping it over onto yep. the seat, putting well, the chain was, back on. That was
0: pretty much the idea, that I, I couldn't be stranded. The, hard, the
1: hardest part, though, was always getting the grease of the chain off your hands again. Yeah. Because... Man, that stuff gets on everything. And
0: it, it, it does not come off. No. Yeah. So, um, uh, that's why, that's where I first started using Gojo. Gojo is, um, uh, (laughs) it's a cleaner that's meant to degrease that you'll find in shops. It smells like oranges and it's got grit in it. Um, there's now a wonderful
1: English brand mm -hmm. that I see everywhere that has a wonderful pun for a name. That is, that is the cleaner to get, I guess, for bike stuffs asking for sponsorship. Um, the brand is called Muck Off.
0: Oh, that's a good name. I like it. Yes. Uh, but the, the neat thing is, uh, I only recently discovered, by the way, Gojo started, they were selling it out of the back of vans. Then it became really big. Then they w- went from just degreasing into actual hand sanitizers and they are one of the first, uh, they're not Purell, but they're one of the other yep. ones okay. that started with the hand sanitizers. Very cool. Anyway. Why do I like biking, not hand cleansers? Yeah, sorry. Uh, ADD, this is what happens. So, uh, so I had the banana seat bike, just a regular bike, and then it was uh, a three speed. You start with the three speed. And that was really cool. But I wanted that 10 speed with those drop handlebars, you know, the ones that curl. Mm-hmm. And I finally got that one. And it was a beauty. It was a black Schwinn. I don't recall the the model, but it was just right for my height uh, because it wasn't a full size one like the ones my mom and dad dro- uh, rode. Um, but it just fit my height. And it. I loved it. I loved it so much. And then you started biking and I wanted to get into it as well, but well, I wanted to start, but I didn't want to like get on one of the really scary road bikes like my mom used to ride because my mom was a serious uh road biker. She used to uh we lived on Long Island and she would go across the Robert Moses Causeway to Fire Island and do the big loop. I mean, she was doing I would have to look up how long those loops were, but she was gone for hours and it was some very serious, intense road cycling. Um So I was very intimidated by it. So when I got into it, I was like, well, I need a bike. I wish I had my 10 speed still. Don't know whatever happened to that. Um, But uh went looking around and all I could see in the stores were mountain bikes. There were nothing but mountain bikes. And I was really not happy with that because I didn't want a mountain bike. I, I don't ride off road. Um, And then I found some cruisers and I was like, you know what? That looks nice. That looks slow. I'm, I'm a little nervous about getting back on the bike. Let's start with a cruiser. And I got myself a cruiser. It was heavy. Oh boy, was it heavy because it's a cruiser. And um, the first thing I noticed is, wow, my butt hurts. Because riding a bike as an adult, you're just feeling all that weight on your sit bones, and um, I I decided I'm going to get myself the big padded Schwinn bike seat to help my my tukus, and uh, I I bought it, and then I asked uh I asked you tech to install it for me. Uh, I was working or I was away somewhere or whatever. And, uh, you decided since I had such a silly bike with such a silly seat, you were going to go the extra mile and you got me pink and hollow streamers. Yep. Handlebar streamers. Handlebar streamers. And you put them on the bike as a gag, as a joke, expecting me to rip them out. I'm not a fan of pink. Uh, the streamers are very silly and I saw it and I absolutely loved it. I loved it so much. I didn't want to go too deep into the whole cycling thing because I was afraid this was going to be a hobby that I wasn't going to stick with. So I got the cheapest, uh, um, helmet. That's not a good idea by the way. Uh, (laughs) and I started going and, um, I, I had fun with it there. We were in Fredericton. There was this great um, charity race for the New Brunswick Lung Association called the Bike for Breath. And we signed up and we started training. And there I am on my cruiser going around the neighborhood and going around the bike trails looking like an absolute peep with um, pink and hollow streamers. And my little ding ding because my bell did the, the bring sound, not just the ding. Um, and it was absolutely silly. Uh, but I was having fun with it and it, w- it brought the joy. It brought the joy back. And, um, as we, we went and I did the bike for breath and we all line up and there's a, there, there were different, um, lengths of the race and I did, um, the intermediate length and, um, the people that were lined up for my length of the race, there were many people who visually may have looked fitter than me um, on mountain bikes. And I'm on a cruiser. I'm not on a road bike. I'm not on anything built for speed. I I passed all the mountain bikers. I was in the middle of the pack. I was in the middle of the pack on a cruiser. I'm going to say that that was um, pretty impressive in my opinion. But a lot of it has to do with the fact that you're on a road, <laughs> not off-road. So the mountain bike is going to be slower. Um, so we finished that and I really loved it, but I was like, this cruiser, I have moved beyond it. I'm, I'm understanding I'm biking. I moved beyond it. I need something else, but looking around, trying to find a bike, a road cycle was very difficult because it was either spend $5,000 or every other shop had nothing but mountain bikes and cruisers. So my mom says to me, well, I'm not riding my bike anymore. You could take my Schwinn. So the next time I'm down in New York, I pick up her Schwinn 10 speed, uh, Super Latour 1976 model. And, uh, Tech, you, you, you gave me some adjustments. You gave me some bar tape. You gave me some, uh, uh, new cages because the old cages were the old metal ones. You gave me some nice newer cages and, uh, spruced her all up. And that bike was about half the weight of the old bike I had been riding, the cruiser. And I, I started riding that. I got myself some chamois shorts to help my bottom. I have a smaller saddle because you cannot use that giant saddle on a 10 speed. Uh, I got myself some nice gloves with some padding. And I started riding. And we did uh, Bike for Breath the next year. And that was a lot of fun. Um, fast forward to this year when uh, Tech decides his bike is just not enough for him. And he wants something... What did you what were you looking for
1: well my bike was great and you needed an upgrade as well and yeah. I was looking to upgrade to um, a better quality group set I wanted more consistency with the shifting I wanted better performance out of the out of the bike I wanted better bearings so uh, I enacted my super genius master plan of letting you ride my bike <laughs> because as soon as you got on the aluminum framed bike as opposed to that steel framed bike Schwin that you had, which is a size too big for you. And when mm-hmm. you got on the smaller framed Opus that I had and you got on that bike and you took it for a kick around the block, all of a sudden it's like, wow, this thing's great. And really, it was also getting you to try to ride clipless for the yeah. first time. Now, this is one of those weird things about biking that I don't understand. So you can get pedals that have a clip in them that clip to special shoes. But for some reason, that's called riding clipless. That is a clipless pedal because a clip Technically, is that big horseshoe-shaped thing that goes around your shoe, which yeah, is also known, as, that's also known as a cage. But if you're, riding, uh, if you're riding clipped, it's the big thing that your shoes go into. If you're riding clipless, then it's the, the cleat at the bottom that clicks into a mechanical pedal. So riding clipless is intimidating the first couple of times because your feet are locked to the pedals. And you twist your foot like you're crushing a bug or a cigarette to twist your foot out of the cleat. It means that when you're falling over, you got to get fast to get your foot up in the way or you fall. And the thing is, you have to get really good at both sides because I was really good at undoing only one side, like my right side, which sucks when you're falling to the left because your right
0: leg does nothing. And yeah. then you just end up, you know, falling. Um, so and and I'm going to say riding clipless scared the bejesus out of me. Yeah, I was. T- he kept. He had been pushing me since like t- 2014 to try clipless, and I said no. I do not have the grace. I do not have the coordination. I had decided I couldn't do it, and and I do that sometimes to myself, which is not good. Yep. Um. And uh, so he got me on. He got me to try his shoes and to try clipping in and clipping out. And you know what? It was really easy. The- it was super duper easy, and I I had no problems. I wasn't falling off. It felt really nice. And while it's nice to go to a bike race like when I went to Bike for Breath with the old Schwinn and having the, the old guys look at it and go, wow, I haven't seen one of those in a long time. And them actually knowing this cool looking classic, um, I was I – w- I d- why, why make life hard for myself, you know? Mm-hmm. And so the aluminum bike was just such an upgrade. And it's about half the weight again. More than half the weight. More so, than half, yeah. yeah.
1: So So, um, and, and the thing is, is that, you know, if you're wondering, well, why the heck would I bother having my feet tied to the pedals? Well, it allows you to, you're not just pushing down on the pedal to generate power. Yeah. It's you're lifting with your other leg at the same time. So you are you're able to transfer power to the ground. All the time as yeah. both legs are Turning around the circle it's much more efficient You get less tired you can go Further it's more w- comfortable It's because a lot more comfortable and you can go a lot Faster I was getting if you want to
0: I would Get cramps in the arch of my foot From the flexing that Your foot does while pedaling yep. And I would get these cramps Yes Um and they, they I don't get The cramp there uh When I'm clipless
1: no because your shoe doesn't bend
0: Yeah Um but
1: yeah so we updated I updated to a carbon bike, and the weight went in half again I mean my bike weighs about fifteen pounds now yeah. um my my new bike uh in the crate in in the in the box it came in shipped with all the foam packaging weighs less than her steel bike um and it 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 is just a joy and a treat and is way much more than any bike I'll ever need or anyone ever needs but my god is it a miracle to, to ride. The, and
0: and to give people an idea when we say you got a new bike. It's a 2005.
1: I mean uh, there's no way I could afford a uh, a brand new uh, a brand new bike li- like I have um, because we're talking you know like a brand new top of the line carbon fiber road bike is now geez, almost 20,000 US yeah, dollars yeah. But, for the really really good ones and yeah. I'm not gonna that's a, that's a car. I mean I'm not gonna. And for
0: this level one it's like 11,000. Yeah, How about I'd that? Say. Yeah. So, so we, we were first looking to see what was around new and bike shortages and everything. Yeah, there's nothing. Uh, but, uh, tech did a lot of research and found this, this really neat bike on eBay. Mm-hmm. So if you are thinking about, Oh, I'd love to bike, but they're so expensive. Check out eBay. There's actually some really good, um, dealers on eBay. Always check their ratings. Uh, you want to look at their review score. If you've got over ninety four percent, you're you're pretty good. Ninety four percent positive reviews on eBay, um, and they have over a thousand sales, then that's somebody you can usually trust.
1: By the way, so I have to uh, give a giant shout out here mm-hmm. to Blue Mounds Bicycle Works. Yep, that's where that, we got. That's it. where we got the bike. So Blue Mounds Bicycle Works, they are in Blue Mounds, Wisconsin. Yep, but they have a wonderful eBay page. And uh, they did not do us wrong. Guess what? I ordered a bike and it was exactly what the photos said and exactly what their description was. And um, and they
0: took a photo of like every ding on that. Every bike, ding, every, every scratch. Yep, they yeah. did really good. but And they wrapped it so super, well, super well with really great instructions saying don't throw out the wrapping <laughs> look for these things there's little items in here don't throw out the wrapping exactly
1: um, but there's something else I want to talk about mm. while we're here mm-hmm. and it's politically what's going No, I'm kidding I, I, oh, I, I, I wouldn't do that to your podcast no I want to talk about um, I, I want to dissuade a couple of myths okay. about bikes because we were showing off our bikes to the neighbors mm. and they said a couple of things that I have heard again and again and again yes that I um, I want to dissuade from our listeners. So, number one, they looked at how skinny the tires are on a road bike, on my road bike, because mm. they're less than an inch across. Yep. And they go, uh, she goes, oh, oh, those tires are so skinny. I couldn't get on a bike like that. I'd fall off. Nope. It's like, well, no the wider tire doesn't make a bike more stable to sit on what makes a road bike uh, the first time you get on a road bike where you're bent over forward and you have to reach a little farther forward for the handlebars mm-hmm. what makes that harder is the balance that now all of the uh, the balance point moves forward a little bit and your weight distribution is a little more even between your hands and your feet and getting accustomed to that weight distribution is why for the first little while a road bike feels a little more tippy than let's say a mountain bike bike or a cruiser where you tend to sit a little more upright. That's an easier position. It's just less efficient when you're trying to go for like a longer distance or a faster ride. That's why road bikes and, you know, aerodynamics, that's why they're bent over a little bit more. But the skinny tire is not what makes it tippy. And then the neighbor picks up my bike and goes, oh, it's so light. Oh, but that would be unsafe in a crash. I mean, I like a heavier bike because it's safer. No, it's a bicycle. It doesn't matter if it's made of chromoly steel, titanium, carbon fiber, or you know pixie dust. If you hit a three thousand pound car, you're getting smooshed anyway. There is no the material of a bike does not make it safer. Now, maybe if I was taking a bike off some super sick jumps, I would want you know it strengthened in certain ways to make sure that it could handle the impact of jumping, but. To drive on trails through my local park or around the streets in my neighborhood, a, a a a steel bike is not safer than an aluminum bike or a carbon bike. No, 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 no. The um, safest
0: bike is the bike that works for you. Yeah, that fits. So you. you can react.
1: Yeah, and the, the and safety the, features yes. of
0: a bike is your helmet and brakes. Anything else? Yes, I'm good.
1: Thank you. You interrupted me there. I got grumpy. <clears throat> um, but my, my but. The, the, the type of biking that's right for you is the type of biking that you want to do and to have a bike that matches the, um, sport that you want to do. Oh, another thing, uh, that we have to talk about. Um, going a little bit faster in a lot of cases is actually better because you can be a little more stable. Mm. And I don't know how many times I've seen newer riders going down the road afraid of going fast or afraid of, uh, getting too much of a sweat or you know having it perceived as exercise so they go as slow as they possibly can and the handlebars are wobbling as they go and they're having trouble keeping the 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 balance on the bike because they're going as slow as they can like you give it one extra kick of the pedals and all of that will balance out and you'll be able to go a little bit you don't have to go breakneck speed through the neighborhood but the bike will balance itself it's not that hard okay i'm kidding it's incredibly hard we've all learned to ride a bike yeah, And the, the, the last point I want to bring up is that um, it's never too late to learn. Agreed. And it's never too late to pick it up again. Agreed. Also, there is no such thing as, um, oh, uh, I can't ride a bike because I'm too X. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, I'm too old, I'm too fat, I'm too inflexible, I'm too short. Um, none of those apply. Because there are bikes out there for everyone, for every um, mobility need or accessibility option uh, for size and weight and height. Uh, there are companies out there like Zyke that make bikes that are rated up to 550 pounds for larger riders. Uh, there are companies that make bikes with special pedals for people that only have one leg or people that can only kick with one leg. Mm-hmm. There are recumbent bikes for people that can't stand up uh, or would rather bike from a seated position, which there...
0: apparently are more aer- aerodynamic.
1: Absolutely, they much go more a lot aerodynamic,
0: faster than traditional bikes.
1: Yeah, and much more efficiently. There are also hand bikes
0: mm-hmm.
1: where the pedals are actually—you sit down and the pedals are actually in front of your hands. And you pedal with your arms for people that don't have or can't or don't want to use their legs. Um, There's all kinds of options. There's trikes out there for people who um, maybe have problems with equilibrium or would rather not balance on a bike. You can get a three wheel bike.
0: And the trikes have a much higher weight uh, rating. Oh, absolutely. So I, I do know some people that are over that 450 pound limit that start on trikes because it means that they don't have to worry. Now, weight rating does not mean that the bike is going to collapse if you happen to be over the weight rating. It just means that's what the company has decided to insure it up to. And most bikes will have a 300 pound weight rating or 250 pound weight rating and it's, there's no rhyme or reason for it. It's just, they, they put it there so that they don't have to put it through testing. Yeah, they don't because get sued. you can look at different materials, different components, and you can say, I know science. This should have a higher weight rating. Why doesn't it? and it's just the the companies aren't going through and and wait wait rating them all. So if you think oh I'm too close to the weight rating don't worry about it. You're going to be fine.
1: You're going to be you're going to be fine on like a department store bike or a bike that you buy from a bike shop. Yeah. I mean, it would be very very hard to find a person that would be too heavy for one of those bikes that that you know could ride it. Um the thing is though, it all depends on what you're doing with it. Yeah. Um if you are like I said riding to the shops or around your local park or um uh, you know, through your neighborhood on, you know, on an evening bike ride is one thing. Um, doing, you know, uh, you know, North Shore, uh, you know, uh, mountain bike trails with, you know, big jumps and backflips and descents and, you know, hopping from rock to rock. Maybe we want something a little bit more specialized and yeah. something a, a, a little beefier to handle all that extra shock. But, uh,
0: other than that, you're fine. Um, and when it comes down to it, um, the biggest thing about um, weight rating for bikes is not so much the frame, but your wheels.
1: Yeah, and even then, most modern wheel manufacturers that I've been seeing that are making like yeah. like uh, th- that are making wheels for bikes. Uh, they come with lifetime warranties, but no weight limits. Yeah, because and the wheels are just that strong and beefy now. Exactly, um, exactly. The um and the the bike that's right for you is the bike that fits yep. you, and um. I would recommend to everybody, if you want to get into bike biking, you want to get back into biking, you want to get a bike for someone, I really recommend going to a good bike shop and getting fit. Yeah. And they will take measurements, and they put you on these special sliding frames, and they just make sure that the bike that you get is properly fit for you. Because you hear things like, well, I can't get on a bike because I can't swing my leg over the frame because I'm too little. Well... Have you tried a bike that actually fits you?
0: Yeah, and and you know, sometimes yes they 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 have, you know, and it's just it all depends about uh, accessibility and there is a big difference between going to what well, what we would say Canadian Tire and getting a bike. Um I guess in the states we would say Yeah, there's Target? a there's a, there's a
1: big difference between a department store yeah. bike and, and a bike shop.
0: Yeah, but what I want to say is um look in your neighborhood, look in your area and search for bike uh, cycling co-op or something like that. There's going to be there. These are popping up all across the world. uh, These co-ops and it's, uh, kind of like a bike shop, but they refurb bikes. They do lessons. They do group rides. And a lot of times it's, all, that's going to be your place that you're going to want to go to to when you're just starting and say, I don't know anything about biking. This is what I want to do. Can you give me some advice? And they're all about spreading that love of cycling. They're all about spreading the love of cycling and not, they're not sponsored by Cannondale. They're not sponsored by Trek or by Giant or whomever, you know, they're there to just kind of get people in bikes and get them going. And a lot of them, like there there was one in Fredericton where they were very focused on refurbing old bikes and giving them to people who couldn't afford bikes and getting people on bikes and, and learning how to fix their own bikes. But this is a great place to start without feeling intimidated. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, find your find your local neighborhood co-op.
0: Um, I've I've got a myth that I don't think you mentioned that mm-hmm. um has come up a bit and it's something about uh you hear people say, I'll never break with my front brake because I might go over the handlebars.
1: Oh, I heard this as a kid all the time. Don't use the front brakes on your bike because if you hit the front brake, your front wheel will lock and you'll flip over the handlebars and you'll die. And just this, this ridiculous th- notion that touching the front brake of your bike will flip you over the handlebars. Yeah. Do you know how hard you have to clamp the front wheel of a bike? Well, and- or how far you have
0: to be leaning over the bars to shift your weight? That, uh, that. And the logic in it always makes me shake my head because it's, if you shouldn't use the front brake of your bike, why would they b- manufacture bikes with front brakes then? No, exactly. I mean. <laughs> They're not building these machines for you to get hurt. That's the last thing a manufacturer wants because they don't want to get sued. And then we do, we're just watching a thing about superbikes and all of the braking power in a superbike, and this is a, a motorcycle, is in that front wheel. They only have brakes on the front wheel. No, they have a brake in
1: the back, but, oh. but because of yeah. the weight transfer yeah. to the front, that's where they put most of yeah. their braking power.
0: Yeah. And then it's a much faster, much heavier bike. They have no problem with braking in the front. Why would a bicycle ever have problems yeah, with
1: think of Yeah, think of a motorcycle on yeah. a racetrack. They brake almost entirely with the front wheel. You very rarely see videos of motorcyclists flipping over their handlebars because yeah. they're, they're just so dangerous when you use the front brake. That's such a weird myth. And then I hear so many, like, I, we heard it again on TV the other day watching a video. It's like, oh, how long has it been since you biked? Oh, I haven't biked since I was a kid because I flew off the handlebars and it's so unsafe. I've never done it again.
0: Yeah. And it, you know what? Um, I fell off my bike so many times growing up, but that was because I was, you know, a kid who thought I was invincible and I'd go down a a, a a very steep hill and I'd turn sharp at the end and I'd go flying onto the grass. And oh, I yeah. thought it was the coolest thing ever. It was so much fun. I've, um,
1: <laughs> I've fallen off my bike more from having, you know, uh, turning my front tire too sharply yep. and having it hit my pedals.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's than- a...
1: I've had that happen more often than, uh, you know, I've never locked my front wheel and flipped over the bars. Um, But, and, and the other thing is, is, oh, I'm going downhill. I'm going too fast. It's scary. Let me lock my wheels to stop. And then, well, learn how to, you know, apply the brakes judiciously. It's just like a car. If you're driving in your automobile and you need to hit the brakes, well, if you don't have ABS... You slamming gotta, slamming that pedal is going to put you into a skid as well so why would you if you wouldn't slam the brakes in your car every time you come to a red light why would you lock the wheels on your pedal bike
0: yeah yeah pump the brakes
1: pump, pump the brakes exactly pump or just in you know, gen yeah. gen you know apply them gradually um
0: uh, the other myth that i hear a lot is oh i'd love to do that when i get in shape the wh- idea that you have to be fit before you start cycling um and and that's just not the case. Um, this is a great way to get, and I'm putting air quotes, fit. Um, it's a, it's a great exercise. It feels really good. It's good for, uh, your lungs. It's good for the cardio, getting things going. Um, you do not have to be fit. I am going to, I, I am a fat woman. I get on my bike. I go around the neighborhood. I am just fine and. After COVID, getting up on the bike, it was hard, but there was nothing stopping me. There's nothing keeping me from doing it. I took some breaks when I just started getting going. You know, I would have to take a couple of breaks, but there was nothing stopping me from getting on the bike. And there's nothing preventing me. I do not need to be in shape in order to bike ride.
1: That's what I, I, I love about the, this activity that why I do it so much is that when I'm out on the road, it's me. Yeah. It's me on the road. I'm not racing against anyone. I'm not trying to compete with somebody else's times. I'm not slowing anybody down and I'm not, uh, you know, struggling to keep up to somebody. It's me and I go at the speed that I want to, at the speed that I can, and I go as far as I want to. And that's what I really enjoy because. I sort of set my own pace. Now I have goals and I have things that, you know, I'm trying to accomplish and I push myself a little bit, but that's just, that's just my competitive nature with myself. I'm trying to be a little bit better than the me I was yesterday. Um, and that's what I like about this type of individual activity that anybody can pick it up and go. And, you know, it's really, you know, you look at like Tour de France riders or your local triathlon or just that, that guy around the corner on his bike. And he's going a lot faster than you could ever go. So, like, Oh, well, I'll never be like that. It's not worth it. I could never start It's like Well, who cares how fast that guy's going? Yeah. How fast do you want to go?
0: Um, and, and there is this new advent of a certain bike that we have not mentioned because it's not one of the ones that we ride. I, but... I want to get
1: to one more myth before okay, we go, go before we go there. Another thing is people look at our bikes and they look at the saddle and they go, Oh, that's so skinny. That would shoot right up my oh, butt. There's yep. no way I could ever get on that. Okay. That would hurt too much.
0: I'm right here. Okay.
1: So well, I just get annoyed. So um... It that one, shouting that, at the listeners, that one really annoys me. So <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll just say two things really quick. Mm-hmm. One, the width of the saddle of the bike seat—it's called a saddle. Uh, the width of the saddle is dictated by the width of the bones in your pelvis, what they call the sit bones. Yep. It has nothing to do with the size of the bum that's around those bones, and has. Nothing to do with your athletic fitness or uh, or anything else. Generally, you will want a wider saddle the more upright of position you are sitting in. So if you're on like a beach cruiser or a commuter bike where you're you're, you're very straight up and down, you want more padding on the seat because all of your weight is going straight down onto the saddle. Yep. If you're on a mountain bike or a road bike or a triathlon bike where you start to pitch your weight a little bit forward, you have less and less weight. So you want a smaller and smaller saddle. And, uh, yeah, it does hurt for the first little bit. Then you get a little numb to it. And uh, eventually you stop noticing it uh, uh, altogether. But uh, clothing is important. Um and, you know, Nutty mentioned the chamois before, so yep. spelled chamois, but pronounced chamois. Uh, the chamois shorts is basically having a second bike seat, a bike seat sewn to the inside of your shorts. And it gives you just that extra. It's like sitting on two bike seats. It's an extra cushion. It really does make a huge difference. It
0: makes such a difference.
1: And you can get them in all kinds of shapes and sizes.
0: Yep. Um, and and it's, it, it's not just a seat. It's this breathable material. Yep. That is supposed to be against your skin. So don't wear underwear.
1: Yeah, don't wear underwear under your bike shorts. Because the, the other big thing that, that, that can cause pain and discomfort mm-hmm. uh, is chafing. Yep. Which is why you see a lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh, cyclists, um, you know, professionals or not, why they wear those tight shorts. And as my uh, as my coworker calls it, oh, you wear the spandex with the diaper in it? Yep. Like, well, yes, I do, because I don't want chafe. Um, and you know, if modesty is an issue, it's like, well, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to wear spandex. It's like, well, fine. Wear the, wear the Lycra bike shorts and then put a pair of track shorts or, or basketball shorts over top. Yep. The one thing I will say is if you want to wear long pants, use an elastic band or something on your right side. Yeah. Just to tuck the pant leg away so it doesn't get sucked into the gears. Cause I have ruined
0: so many pairs of jeans as a kid ripping them off on my front gears. Yeah. Yeah, no, you need you need to strap those down, um, and and you know if you just if you want to wear the bike shorts and you're feeling a little um, you you want a little more modesty, uh, just wear a longer shirt. I, I did a whole bunch of riding where it was, I had my bike shorts and I had my chamois in them and I just wore a really big shirt or a little dress top, you know, one that's not long, not gonna get into the, uh, tire or gears, but something that just goes over my, my bum a little and, uh, perfectly fine. Um, there are also cycling jerseys that the cycling jerseys are designed to come down. Uh, they don't completely cover your bum, but they do come down and you never have to worry about that gap between the bike short and your top and that's yeah, they're, really just, they're just a little bit longer yeah just to give you
1: that extra coverage across the smaller your back. Yeah.
0: So it, it dips down It's like a semicircle in the back to cover up the back um, and and they're they're fine, they're wonderful. Uh, if if you are looking for chamois shorts, and you are of a larger size. Sometimes you're not going to find them in the bike, bike store. So you've got two solutions that I can share with you. One, you can just buy the chamois and you can sew it into any shorts you want, or you can just put them in your shorts. You can, you can just add them in and, and, and if you're wearing tight shorts, it'll, it'll stay in place. Um, the other solution is I found a website. I am not sponsored, but it's called bicyclebooth.ca. Uh, you can find them. You can find other websites as well if you order Are they online. .ca? Uh yeah, the one we order from is .ca but it doesn't come from Canada. Anyway, it's um, or is it bike booth? I can never remember. It's,
1: yeah, yeah, bicycle, bicyclebooth.com.
0: Okay. And um, it it uh you can get up to what they call 6x which is really a three or a four X, but, um, there's other places that go even higher and you yeah, can cause definitely. Cause they're find.
1: using, I think they're using Asian sizing.
0: Yeah. Well, even with the, the measurements that they, the, the, for some reason, rulers are different, uh, in Asia. Yeah. Uh, so.
1: Cause I'm, for comparison, I'm yeah. five foot 10, about 175 pounds. I'm built with a slender build. Uh, I wear the medium and it fits me fine. Um but even then, that that being said, even then, like the medium top fits me great, but the medium pants, they're just a little snugger around the yeah, I was the, gonna say you really
0: need a large in the pants. Yeah. So when we get you your winter pants, you're gonna get you're gonna get a large. Okay. But um, you know, and it just there's like everything else, online there's more options. <laughs> yeah. You are not confined to just what is in the stores. Um No and um uh if chafing
1: is a serious issue and is what is is the thing that is preventing you from going uh, you know harder faster stronger or getting back into it uh just good old fashioned diaper cream.
0: Yep. Yep. Diaper cream is is your best friend. Absolutely. Um so when they say oh you wear those tight shorts with a diaper? Yep.
1: Yep, I sure do.
0: <laughs> I have no shame.
1: Because they are magical.
0: They are magical and they uh, make they make life a a a lot nicer.
1: And uh yeah so you were just about to start talking about the latest revolution in cycling. Yes.
0: So the latest revolution uh it's been showing up over the last few years. I remember them way back when um more than a decade ago but um uh e-bikes. E-bikes are a thing. And there's many different kinds of e-bikes. The ones that look like full on uh, motorcycles. We're not talking about those today. We're just not talking about those. Those are people getting around uh, needing a license and insurance. But what we're talking about are e-bikes that are designed to just kind of assist you. And if you are just getting back into biking and maybe you haven't biked since you were a kid and you're feeling a little intimidated, um, e-bikes are a wonderful thing. And what it is, is it's just a regular bicycle with a little assistive motor that will give you a little help. Um, if you listen to one of our previous episodes, uh, our guest Mark Cabot talked about how he has one that he uses for commuting. There. Fredericton, New Brunswick is built on hills. It's nothing but hills. You're uphill both mm-hmm. ways. It's just the way life is.
1: And as a as a commuter bike, they yeah. really do make sense because they allow you to hit a a higher, more consistent speed, mm-hmm. and you're not a sweaty wreck by the time yeah. you get to work or you get home. And, they, I'm going uphill. Let's turn that on. Yeah. And then every time you're pedaling, you're recharging the battery. Yep. So you pretty much get, and then it just the electric motor just helps give you an assist to help you sort of smooth out the space in between your pedal strokes. So it's not like an electric scooter where you're just scooting along not doing anything on the battery. You can do that, but um uh, they're designed so that as you're pedaling along, you're getting just a little bit of help. Just and a little you get bit help. and you have a a button with your finger
0: that you decide how much you want it to help you. Exactly. And um, we, our neighbors um, are older and, um, you know, they're in their retirement stage and they are having a lot of fun going out on their e-bikes because they're able to enjoy the activity of cycling, but they don't have to worry about hills. They have a little bit of assistance. And if you're not feeling as strong one day, you get a little extra assistance more than you would normally use. And it's a great way to start. And honestly... It's still biking. It 100% huh. counts as biking. Yeah,
1: you, you, get out, you get out there, you're having fun, and you're doing what you want at the level that you want to do it, and that's what's important. Yeah. And especially because our neighbors, um, uh, they have uh, some mobility concerns due to a very bad back. Yeah. So being able to get out there
0: and still being fun and fit and active at the level that
1: they want and can be, 100%.
0: I think, I think it's a great advent. It's a, a fantastic uh, resource. And I think that... A lot of people who might be intimidated about biking. This is a really great way to start. If I were to restart my adventure back into biking, you know, instead of getting a cruiser, I might have gotten uh, an e-bike and then I would eventually, hopefully find my way to a road cycle because I, I really like the road cycle. I mm. like the skinny tires. I like the, um, the position of being, I'm not a hundred percent hunched down all the time, but I am, I am definitely down. Uh, more horizontal than I am vertical when I'm writing. And it just, if it, it's so freeing. It just feels so fun. And why do I love this? Because I feel free. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm flying without actually going... Off the ground. Well,
1: th- that, was a, that was a question I was about to ask that you've now answered, but I'm going to yeah. ask it for okay. me. Because like, we've spent all of this time talking about why we like cycling, which is instead I think we should call the episode Why You Should Like Cycling. Yeah, why <laughs>
0: should you like cycling? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's all about trying to convince our friends to join yeah. us on a ride. But, like, why do I like cycling? Um, well, because I fell in love with it when I was a kid, and then I kind of forgot. So when I get back on my bike, I get to have goofy fun Like I did when I was a kid and I just get to go for a ride and I live in a beautiful part of the country and I get to go down all these beautiful roads and look at at beautiful houses and I go along the river and there's like nature and every time I see a new bird or I see something cool and I just get that I listen to a podcast, you know, and I, I just get to go and I enjoy my time on my bike because to me it's like moving meditation. Mm. I'm not really. I'm not worried about the light bill. I'm not worried about work or what's going on with my family or you know the local the the latest social drama. You know, where you know. Jason said he was going to join us for podcasting and then as soon as he turned his camera on, he left and I know he's doing it because he's personally slighting me and now I feel slighted <laughs> by Jason. I've got all this like social drama between me and my best friend and none of this is true, but, um, it's all entirely true, but there's no drama, but I'm not worried about any of that when I'm on my bike. It's just me, my bike in the road. Yeah. And away I go. Yeah. Um,
0: and, and, and I, I like what you said. It, you fell in love with it as a kid and it definitely is recapturing that joy, that freedom that you had as a kid. And you just, I mean, whenever you get a downhill, I, I, now we're clipped in so we can't stick our feet out, but you kind of get that feeling. But instead you're just pedaling faster and faster to try to see, all right, what's the top speed I can make on this downhill? Um, and it's, it is that joy. It's that love. And what I like is that. If I want to, I can just go out for a half hour. I can just go out for a very quick ride. I could go out for a half hour. I could go out for an hour. I could go out for two hours or uh, what you did recently. Four. Four hours because he wanted to get 100K in. Yep. Yeah. He wanted to go 100 kilometers and you did hundred and five five kilometers because
1: i i finished my 100 kilometers and then realized i still had to get back home because it wasn't a perfect loop so i had to go an extra 5k on sore legs but hey i made it yeah so that's uh just about 60 miles for our our uh friends in the imperial measurement system but uh yeah that was a that was a super fun ride that was a challenge i made for myself that by the end of the summer i wanted to be able to bike 60 miles and i did it but
0: And, and you still have um two months to go
1: But that was my goal for me because I wanted to. And I'm not making anybody else do that. And I didn't have to join a group to do it. I went out and did it myself. (laughs) Now, whether your goal is to make it to the end of the driveway or, you know, join a local racing team, that's up to you. That's your goals. You do what you want. You do you, man.
0: I mean, I'd, lo- I'd love to find another group where we could at least once a year or a couple times a year meet up with people and go like, I, I, for me, I like the solitary part of biking. Um, but I do kind of miss the bike for breath that we had.
1: Yeah, no, and I think there's fun. other things in the area. I think there are yeah. like uh things in our I I have seen uh, when out for a drive or when I'm commuting to from oh, work, yeah. I have seen some cycling groups. So, I know that there are activities. We just got to get off our our bums and find them.
0: Well, and also figuring out like are they a group that meets regularly mm. or is this more sparse because I don't want to be meeting with people every week to do this. I I, I well, We've already we, we've I've already got, got Aikido for that. Well, well, yeah, we've got Aikido for being active and social. Um, the I, I like the idea, though, of finding other people that are into the same thing and and commiserating. And that would be fun. And ideally, I would love to find a group of uh, other fatties that love to ride because, man, that would be awesome. Uh, just so everyone knows, I am unashamed about my size and the fact that I ride because my cycling jerseys, one is a fat unicorn. <laughs> Yep. That says, I am powered by unicorn power. And the other... Well, it says that you're powered by unicorn farts, I do believe. Well, no, it says just, it's just, it's just unicorn powered. And the unicorn is pooping a rainbow. Ah, that's what it is. Yes, yes. But it is a fat unicorn. It was very important I get the fat unicorn. Um, and, and a giant sloth. And it says, sloth cycling team will get there when we get there. Absolutely. Because it's not about how fast tech rides. It's about how fast i ride and what can i do and am i uh pushing myself not about keeping up with him so that's that's why i love it and um you know really what's the best what's the best bicycle to ride it's the one that fits you yeah so if an e-bike is what fits you great if a road bike is what fits you great if a gravel bike which you may not have heard of uh which is kind of like somewhere between a mountain bike and a a road cycle uh basically it's 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 kind of like a roadie but you can go into gravel and uneven ground where on a a roadie you might stop dead like if i tried to i've actually done this i've taken my road cycle and my my driveway is is gravel and it's fine on the gravel but when i go on the grass it just stops cuz i can't get the traction but right. a gravel bike would be able to go over the grass
1: right but a um it's the bike that fits you for the type of riding yeah. that you want to do yep um if there's one piece of advice that that I could give to uh, to somebody, it would be to find somebody, find a, a good bike shop, or find like a, a Discord or a Reddit online, and do a little bit of research and find w- not only the 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 type of bike that's right for you, but to get it fit so that it yeah. fits you properly, uh, because you'll enjoy it a heck of a lot more. And um, to my chagrin, I, the last thing I want to talk about is um Freds. Oh no. In, in the cycling world there is uh, a stereotype there is a person they call the Fred. The Fred. Uh, right. So I don't take any insult to this uh, at all, but a Fred is somebody in cycling who is oblivious to um oblivious to the um to the trends and mods of cycling and continues on Obliviously confident
0: Would we say that Me on my cruiser With streamers And the fat saddle Would Was I a afraid At that point No um, But then If you were to Enter it
1: into A road race for, you know, against people with twenty thousand dollar carbon fiber bicycles. Gotcha. If you are, uh, you know, Man, a good be funny. A good example of a Fred is somebody that goes and spends eleven thousand dollars to buy a brand new carbon fiber uh, race bike to use for commuting to and from work, but then gets on the bike for the first time because they bought it sight unseen. They just bought the best bike they could. They get on the bike and then realize that the hunched over position hurts their back. So then they go to the hardware store and they buy bits of shelving and extra tubes and things. And they raise the handlebars by 10 inches so that their back doesn't hurt anymore. And now they've turned an $11,000 race bike into a commuter bike. Or they could have spent 1000 bucks on a good commuter bike and had it fit them perfectly. And it wouldn't be bodged together and it wouldn't be this horrible atrocity. That they have now created, um, or they could have bought an e-bike and just commuted in, in infinite comfort and, and and relaxation. But no, instead they chose to you know destroy a race bike. Um, that's a Fred. Don't be a Fred. Gotcha. Um, you know, do some research. Find, find out what's out there. Uh, the one thing I will say is that right now is a horrible time to buy a bike. So we're kind of doing this at the wrong time. Cause... We are doing it
0: at the wrong time, but I am going to push the used market. Absolutely. Push the,
1: yeah, absolutely. There are used bikes out there. And if you don't know what you're buying, ask, ask some questions.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's where the, the co-ops are great because they are the ones that are selling used and refurbed and they're the ones that are going to give you those answers. And you know what? You buy a used bike. It doesn't work for you. You want to try a different one. Sell it back. Buy a different used bike. And the one thing I will say is that when you go to
1: a specialty, when you go to a specialty shop, there's a lot less pressure mm-hmm. and a lot more knowledge and a lot friendlier than they they are at, let's say, a department store or a sporting goods store. Yeah, like a chain store. So that guy that works the counter at your at your local Walmart or Target or any other brand, uh, they're not experts in the in the sport or the activity, and they. Probably really don't care as much, but you walk into a bike shop, uh, those people are invested and uh, you can you can be honest and say, hi, I'm not looking at buying right away. Uh, I'm really I you know, I'm interested in getting back on the bike and I don't know what's for me. And they will talk to you and they will show you and they'll give you resources and things. Yeah. And if you are feeling pressure and if they are pushing you into something you don't want, then walk away.
0: Walk away because that is not the place you want to go to because then they're going to sell you something you don't need.
1: No, you know, um, and generally, uh, the bike shops that I've gone to, the people that work there, it's because they like bikes. Yeah. And they, and they would like, and the, like anything, what they, uh, another thing that they like is talking about bikes. Yeah. So ask them some questions. Hey, What's those funny handlebars that stick straight out forward? Why do I need those? Well, you are you, are you in a triathlon? Are you in a time trial? No, then you don't need those.
0: Um, but basically all biking is good biking. If you want to go off road, as much as we've poo-pooed the, uh, mountain bike, we're mostly only poo-pooing it for, um, riding on roads. If you're going off road, that's going to be your best bet. Well,
1: it, it's what it's for. Yeah. It's, it, it's like anything. I am not going to buy, a giant monster truck to commute to work, yeah, and I am not going to buy a hybrid sedan for towing my boat to the lake
0: yeah and i 'm not, I'm not going to take my Honda Civic rock climbing you know uh, mm. my my uh, my brother really likes the actual off road. And when he talks about going for a bike ride, he's talking about going up and down a hill a, a, a little mountain that the same mountain that will sled down, he'll, um, he'll, he'll go for a, a mountain bike ride there. And that's why mountain bikes are perfect for him, but not for me. <laughs> that's not what I want. So we're every bike is a good bike.
1: And another great thing uh, about cycling is that well, it's something that we now do together sometimes mm-hmm. as great as we talked about, you know, the individual things, but it's also a super fun activity for uh, families and groups of friends. Cause it's something I used to do with my family yep. all the time as well, that we would bike to the park and have a picnic.
0: Yep. It is, was it very nice. Um, and you know uh, uh, there's, there's this line It says respect the cafe stop and whether okay. that cafe stop is a picnic Mm-hmm. or it is you standing on the side of the road having a cliff bar and drinking your Gatorade yep. um or going to an actual cafe uh cycling there and uh having uh, a bit of a sip and a bit of a bite uh or a nosh uh yeah just make it make it fun make it social make it something that you enjoy um like anything else you know uh for me when it comes to building activity into my day I want my activity to be something that I enjoy. I don't want to feel like I'm punishing myself. Well, I have to exercise because I have to be, I have to take care of my body. So let me go to the gym and punish myself. Uh, for many people, going to the gym is great and it's a lot of fun. Um, for other people, it just feels like punishment because it, I don't enjoy walking on a treadmill. I enjoy walking around the neighborhood. I enjoy biking around the neighborhood. So if you can find something that is fun and enjoyable... It just makes getting that activity in a little bit easier. Yeah, The
1: right physical activity is the one that you like doing, yeah. and that's the one you're going to keep doing. So, Same thing uh, with biking. No matter how much your doctor or somebody may tell you that you need to go to the gym and lift weights, if you don't like lifting weights, then you're not going to get as much of a benefit out of it as doing an activity that you do enjoy.
0: If you do like going to the gym and lifting, lifting weights, weights, then, hey, go lift yeah, weights, man. That's awesome. I, there's a lot of people that that's their favorite activity to do. And Absolutely. I love it. Um, but it's it's all about finding that thing that is enjoyable because it's supposed to be fun.
1: All right, and for me, I get I get into my ridiculous spandex, get onto my ridiculously lightweight bike, and then go for a long, long ride through the countryside by myself and have lots of fun. And then nobody gets to watch me fall over.
0: And uh, so I shared my uh, ridiculous outfit. Uh, what is your ridiculous outfit?
1: Oh, um, mine is of course a pun. Um, you found for me. It's a it's a, it's a set of shorts and top that are decorated to look like the back of a bicycle playing card from the bicycle brand by the American playing card company. But do, do you get it, Nutty? It, yeah. It, it looks well, I like get a, it. Cause I'm the one that found the pun. but, but it looks like a bicycle but, and, and I'm on a bicycle.
0: But, but do you get it, Steve? Do you get it? We're talking to someone who knows of your, uh, oh, yeah. your card collection. Yes. Cause y- y- we, we, we did have, I believe a while ago we, Either it was in the group or we mentioned it on the podcast how every now and then you'll notice that you are a collector of something that right. you didn't plan to start collecting. And Bicycle Playing
1: Cards was one that I know, I have an inadvertent collection of.
0: An inadvertent collection of bicycle playing cards. So now it's kind of a thing. And, uh, certain people, Steve, uh, will send us pictures of, uh, new, new branded bicycle playing cards, usually with some fun and cool art. And, uh, yeah. So now tech is branded as a bicycle playing card tech while he's on his bicycle. And I think that's hilarious. Check the show art. I'm going to be including our, uh, us on bikes. In the show art. So you, you can, you can look at that and, uh, smile and giggle. It'll be the only time that we'll dress in spandex for this podcast. Sounds great. All right. Well, that's why we enjoy biking. Are you interested in biking? Is there something else that you're interested in? Let us know. You can, uh, put it in the discord, put it in the Facebook group. You can email us. We'd be happy to hear it. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. Actually, before we go. Mm-hmm. Starting tomorrow tomorrow is the beginning of the Dog Days of Podcast. The Dog Days. So if you are a regular listener uh, for many years, you will know this means I'll be putting out an episode every single day for the month of August where I am going to go through a movie or a TV show, giving you a quick review. These are going to be like five minute episodes where I give you a quick review and then I tell you what food will go really well with that TV show or movie. And um So stay tuned for that. If you're not interested in them, you can just skip them. You can delete them. It won't hurt me. But if you want to hear other people doing this challenge, which is very quick episodes for the month of uh, October, month of August, uh, just go to dogdaysofpodcasting.com. And you are going to find everybody that is partaking. You can subscribe to them individually or you can subscribe to the master feed where you can hear all of us. And sometimes we kind of talk to each other uh, in our episodes. So if you hear me referencing another podcast, that'll be why. Um, but uh, yeah, it should be a should be a good August and uh, get ready for lots of dinner and the movies. All right. Have a good one. Bye. 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 And before we go, I want to make sure that we thank all of our patrons, without whom you wouldn't be getting two episodes a month. So thank you so much to everyone, even if this episode is right under the wire. So thank you to our top tier Big Daddy patrons. Thank you to Jax. Thanks, Jax. Thank you to Jason and Rich the TT. And that guy Rich, too. And to our patrons of the arts, we want to thank Andy Luke, Mark Cabot, Mark the Encaffeinated One, Melissa the Bathtub Mermaid.
1: Everybody's favorite. (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, Paul and Susanna. So thank you so much to all of those patrons of the arts who, um, get extra rewards, as do the big daddies. And, uh, thank you to our, uh, general patrons, everybody that is helping keep the lights on. Thank you to, uh, Uncle Monster, Greg, Harold, Hugh, Ian, Justine, Ken, Kinsey, Brand new patron, Crazy Joe Adventures. Thank you for joining us, Crazy Joe. Thanks, Crazy Joe. Mike, Patrick, the radical geek, Shane, Steven, Will, and Zach Man. Thank Thanks, you so guys. much, everyone. You are keeping the lights on, you are keeping things going. So thank you so much to all of you. And I hope you enjoy August's content. Well, it's summertime. And you know what that means? That means it's just about time for the Dog Days of Podcasting, the 30-day challenge where podcasters get together and record quick and dirty, fun little podcasts that they throw together onto a master feed and you get to join in on the fun. There's two ways you can join in. You can, and you can do both. You can listen to every single episode that comes out and get a smorgasbord of different topics brought to your ears every single day, or you can even grab a microphone or your phone and create and record your own podcast every day and join in the fun. If you've never done a podcast before, this is a great way to get your feet wet. If you're a veteran podcaster, this is a great way to spice up the podcasting and make it a little more fun and break yourself out of the habit. It's like a summer vacation. The only thing you really need is to have something to say. So why don't you do it? Grab a microphone or just grab the RSS feed and join us. Go to dogdaysapodcasting.com and you will find all the information that you need to know to listen or to join us and podcast yourself.